0: Thank you for joining us on the Therapy Cable podcast. What you're about to listen to are conversations and interviews on some of the most crucial and important topics in the behavioral and mental health space. It is our mission to help remove the stigmas attached to mental health, psychology, and addiction, one recording at a time. Hi, welcome to Therapy Cable. I'm Dr. Isangara Jadaki. This is the third video we are uh, creating on the topic of attachment styles. If you haven't watched the other two videos, I recommend that you watch the other two first. This one is about the avoidant uh, part of um, uh, the two more or less substyles of the avoidance uh, category. Part of this diagram, we have gone over this a few times, where basically we have mentioned the dimensions. There are two dimensions that are active as part of components of attachment style, and one dimension is anxiety, whether a person is on lower or higher level of anxiety. And the other part is the dimension of approachability, meaning if a person perceives others to be approachable, safe to approach or not. In the previous videos, we have given a very in-depth, detailed explanation of this diagram and the dimensions in the first video. And in the second video, we went over more or less a, uh, what a secure style looks like and uh, you know what the details of interactions of secure attachment style uh, look like in light of a certain, let's say, disagreements. And then uh, also we went a little bit over the uh, dynamics and characteristics of the anxious preoccupied category and, and kind of a combination. In this video, what I would like to do is um, go more into the bottom part of the two avoidance styles because basically they're regarded avoidant as they're on the low end of the scale of, or the dimension of uh, uh, feeling secure enough to approach other individuals. They don't, they don't uh, perceive individuals being approachable or safe to engage with and even relationships are not regarded as safe. Relationships are regarded as conflictual, uh, as um, conflict-ridden and f- um, full of frictions, and something to avoid. So generally, they have learned they're better off staying away from other people uh, because they see the source of conflicts and frictions in relationships. And now, as such, we also have two subcategories. And because they, um, line up on the dimension of low versus high anxiety. So what happens is that uh, let's go through this which is a completely avoidant and also less anxious individual. So what does that mean? That's really an, an individual who is kind of better off if you will internally because they're not highly anxious internally versus this category where a person would be on the high end of anxiety so they're internally in turmoil, they're not displaying it. The, the facial expression, the actions, behaviors uh, are not displaying the anxiety and also verbally they're not willing to express that they're highly uh, conflicted inside, torn apart and falling at times even falling apart and even feeling like they may you know explode in the moment. yet they avoid uh, relationship. In fact, they feel that they would, the, the higher their level of anxiety, the more they should avoid relationships and because they believe that it's really that interaction that is causing their anxiety. So they want to escape it and avoid it and just distance themselves from the source of anxiety in order to calm down. And that's a very peculiar peculiar type of a, a presentation which we will get into a little bit. Uh, as compared to, to that pure avoidant, low anxiety, uh, because again, that individual may uh, already be at an, a level of, um, you know, kind of peacefulness, if you will. They're, they're not feeling highly anxious. They do avoid the relationship, and at the same time, they may feel, you know, they're, they're actually quite okay, so they're, they're not feeling the same turmoil that this Individual feels over here, so they are more, um, I would say, uh, regulated inside. They're they're better regulated. They're better uh, contained in, internally, uh, than and and in a better mindset, and uh, uh, where they can make better decisions, if you will. Now, uh, one could argue whether or not that actually would, uh, I would say, mimic and or overlap with um, schizoid personality uh, type or this style or disorder because again that is also what we see with individuals who are who have schizoid personality they 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 don't have you know high um, huge anxiety they just kind of don't care about relationships so and and they don't feel like they need to uh, be in relationships and approach but Uh, Even though they mimic each other and uh, kind of have resemblance with one another, I strongly believe that they are completely different. Uh, But it is important to recognize that they may seem as one and the same. Uh, And we would have to dig deeper into understanding is this more of an attachment style that this person is uh, displaying um, or is it an actual personality style? We'll get into that discussion later on. Here, what we uh, would like to focus on is that if an individual harbors the ambivalent, the the more avoidant attachment style, uh, uh, one of these two categories with low anxiety or high anxiety, How do they interact in relationships? How do they present that in relationships? And then get into combinations of all these four. So now before I go forward, I also want to make a point about the ambivalent part. So the ambivalent part, at least the way I understand it, is that uh, because of the high anxiety, um, at times, uh, the individual who actually doesn't want to engage in a relation because they see it as a source of anxiety they somehow may have gotten the at times even the wrong message or maybe even being able to overcome their own anxiety look at the benefit of, uh, of reaching out in the re- relationship even despite its seeming unapproachability um learning more or less um in vivo you know on the go how to utilize the relationship as a source of emotional regulation that's where we may see them that they kind of switch to the the other side like kind of actually be willing to engage and approach the other person in order to settle the difference and the conflict and then uh, lower their anxiety. So we, we, at times we see that and um, it really depends on, on what I would say a conceptual framework in terms of uh, have they logically rationally in their mind decided whether or not a particular relationship is worth pursuing and relying upon. So generally an, ambiv- an avoidant uh, style may shun relationships, and, and and when I mean relationships, not in, in at peaceful times uh, by shunning. By shunning, what I mean is that they, uh, they, their predicament about staying away from relationships is limited to the times that the relationship is not doing well, that there are disagreements. So avoidance styles are actually not avoidant so much at peaceful times. At good times, you know, and when when they perceive the health of a relationship at a higher level, and the communication functional, and their kind of their position within the relationship as secure, uh, which happens to be most of the time when there are no disagreements. So it's really relying more on some kind of an happenstance when it happens that two people kind of see the same from a event from the same angle. They happen to have the same opinions and um, you know, uh, perspectives. They happen to have the same preferences and likes or dislikes. So at those times, they're not avoided. They actually are quite engaging. They are uh, pleasant to work with. They're, in fact, they may seem more like secure because they have a level of, I would say, self-regulation in fact, their self-regulation, especially the ones on low anxiety, is much better than the preoccupied ones, um, because they're not necess- because they're more on the lower end of um, approachability. Therefore, therefore, they have learned how to self-soothe from early on, versus the preoccupied ones who have not necessarily learned how to uh, self-soothe and they rely upon other individuals to soothe themselves. So. Uh, because of that inherent and long term established pattern of self-soothing that helps the avoidance to, um, to take care of their uh, inner turmoil, uh, no matter how, uh, what scale and intensity it is, by themselves, they may actually seem uh, quite secure at you know, times when the relationship is peaceful and with their agreements and, and uh, likeness between them and similarities. So, however, when it comes to a point where suddenly disagreements pop up and differences surface and individuals feel like they can't resolve those differences and then it escalates, that's when these uh, the avoidant um, individual who seemed up until then quite secure or engaged, they, they kind of gravitate toward the other extreme of the end of this dimension. So, they increase their distancing behavior there and and uh, let me give you a few examples now where you may actually see that in action so uh, someone who is kind of low anxiety and avoidant they they may first of all both of these categories they are not much into um, let's say opening up and sharing and uh, sharing their inner world you know and kind of engaging much. They want to limit the time that they are engaging, especially talking and communicating about differences. So they want to get over it as quickly as possible. They don't see any um, benefit in having to dig deeper and deeper and analyze uh, stuff for no apparent reason. They want to just get over it with it uh, and, um, and move on. And, uh, and really just kind of engage in other uh, more beneficial, useful uh, activities on a daily basis, mostly kind of getting things done, you know, kind of work or tasks that uh, they have in mind, because that actually gives them a sense of productivity and normalcy and self-regulation, so, whereas the let's say the anxious types Uh, They they are more willing to kind of dig deeper, analyze, and open up, and uh, share, and engage in that uh, deeper analysis, and one-on-one learning about each other, including a lot of, we'd say, uh, kind of inquisitive questions, you know, about these differences, where they come from and so forth. So, the avoidant uh, styles, both of those um, uh, tend to, to... as I mentioned, want to end the discussions, not even get into it. Now, with the low anxiety ones, you don't also observe any um, obvious, let's say, frustration or agitation. They're generally kind of, you know, cool and uh, low key and um, comfortable. You know, with simply uh, remaining functional, uh, polite. Um, engaged but also disengaged. So it becomes a little bit mysterious when you're talking to someone who has low anxiety and and high avoidance, low approachability, you, you may actually feel lost because you're having a hard time understanding them and they are having a hard time opening up but at the same time they're not that frustrated. They may come across as disingenuous. They may come across as they're hiding something, or maybe even conceited, or um, you know, manipulative, perhaps even to some extent abusive of having a certain agenda, and um, like I said, manipulative, and uh, with ill intentions and ill will, uh, which is interesting to me. Uh, I don't, I see that as that paradox where people are responding to their own ignorance of psychological principles and then jump to conclusions and judgments rather than attempting at really understanding one another and where these uh, misconceptions actually come from. Uh, so that's important. You may see that in partnerships and, and react to the presentation instead of what is really going on behind the scenes, behind the curtain, kind of you know, what is happening internally with this person. So if you see that, then please remind yourself that this, you may be dealing with that uh, completely low anxiety, high avoidance attachment style where they're, they're comfortable really not engaging. And it's more our own discomfort of them, of their comfort not engaging, that leads to us projecting certain values and judgments on them, including those negative ones that I mentioned. And, uh, and leads to more misunderstanding. Now, on the other hand, you may have an avoidance style who is highly anxious, and the way you would see it is that they are saying that they don't want to go further with this, you know, the discussion and analysis and opening up, etc. And then they just start getting upset and angry and even, so you see the escalation in them. And by, literally by seeing, like, what I mean is you observe it In in totality, you hear there's some frustration in the tone of voice. You you observe body language. You know, uh, eye contact is very important. You can see it and also hear it and kind of sense it in the room. Uh, In totality of their interactions and presentations, they are they're quite uncomfortable. They're kind of burning up inside. They are they could explode at any moment. They may, and in fact. That's when you see a lot of the individuals with high anxiety and, uh, and low approachability and so and or high avoidance, uh, where it comes to a point where they just walk away. You know, one of the um, characteristics that they're highly in turmoil and anxious and not comfortable with actually being avoidant, if you will, and or being in that conflictual situation. Um, uh, is that they literally just walk away. So short of exploding, you may see them disengage, completely disengage, walk away, not wanting to talk. And again, if we don't understand that, what we may attribute that action to is uh, more of a ill intention, ill will, Um, um, kind of maybe at times disrespect or insult. And, uh, and again, some level of conceit or um, um, unwillingness to, to engage, uh, and lack of caring a lot of times. And on both ends, actually, we may attribute lack of caring to both individuals. Whereas what they are really just doing, they're, they're doing some conflict resolution in their own way. They are trying to stay away and de-escalate Um, but their way of de-escalation is more internal and individual rather than interpersonal whereas individuals with high uh, approachability on the high end of approachability scale their uh, conflict resolution and de-escalation is more interpersonal rather than internal and uh, intrapersonal. So with that in mind um, uh, let's move towards some kind of uh combinations as i have mentioned earlier uh, i brought up like a combination of let's say secure and uh, preoccupied in the other video Uh, but uh, here i'm going to say bring up a combination of secure and let's say one of these attachments so here with a secure person uh, uh, being able to remain um less anxious do some self-soothing uh, separate, you know, the anxiety intensity of discussions from the actual relationship, still feel secure within the relationship and their attachment and connection to others um, and, and high desirability to remain connected and attached to other individuals. They may engage uh, with any of these other insecure styles uh, in a way that they're capable of kind of having these intense discussions um, kind of ending it, putting it on uh, pause, tabling the conversation, the difference, discussion, delaying it at, and still coming back and revisiting. And none of that has any reflection, any meaningful, meaningfully negative and long-lasting negative infa- uh, uh, reflection or, imp- or also impact on the attachment and their, uh, their desirability for remaining connected and in the relationship and feeling cared for and secure so however because the other the insecure types are actually are not capable of doing so what happens is they may actually revert and at times also regress to a uh, certain very much internal insecurity that would uh, lead them to change their belief and um, conviction about the relationship, about the attachment. So, the way it would look like, generally, that the ambivalent, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not ambivalent, generally both the avoidance, whether it's the pure uh, avoidant or the uh, fearful amb- avoidance slash ambivalent, that they may uh, simply start uh, literally just kind of disconnecting Uh, emotionally completely from the relationship, remain fearful of conflict, uh, kind of fall deeper into their um, own world and disconnecting from the relationship altogether, even at peaceful times. Because more or less what they have learned is that uh, it doesn't seem like any type of interaction is helpful and working and even good interactions are not uh, really uh, leading to a better time, and, uh, and they become more or less roommates. And another part of it is that because they're not willing to actually engage uh, in a, a conflict resolution in an inter, inter, interpersonal style, they may not even leave the relationship, and or if they do leave the relationship, they may just do it quietly. Just like when they walk away, from a conversation, they may decide that <coughs> it's time to turn in the divorce papers and that's about it, without any warning, without any anything to have made up their mind and they take action. So they don't include their partner in some kind of a negotiation about that action. They may simply just end up, you know, like I mentioned, making up their mind, walking uh, away permanently, you know, moving out of their home, uh, packing and leaving uh, seeking divorce before or after uh, if it is even necessary at times they're not married so they may not even seek divorce so you you may get that type of an uh, reaction or more or less an exasper- exasperated and exacerbated version of the uh, walking away just like the walk away from conversations and an exacerbated version of that is uh, turning into divorce papers uh, moving out without um, without notice packing up the stuff and leaving and at times you may also unfortunately get that with kids involved where a person may literally pick up the kids and leave without any warning uh, which which is one of the most terrible things to do in a relationship but then we have talked about the uh, the style the preoccupied where they are highly Clingy and, and relentless, they don't let go of conversations. We have also at times alluded to this combination that we may have uh, getting between, basically, for instance, two avoidance. It could be from this category or from this category, but both of them being avoidant. But if you know two partners within a relationship, they're both avoidant. So, what happens is that you generally don't get much of a debate or, or, uh, Um, argument between them. They kind of stay away from these types of uh, opportunities of friction and conflict. They generally don't really get to know each other much. Uh, They kind of have this stalemate going on between them. At times they um, more or less they may spill the beans, if you will, to a trusted person. Uh, They may open or to a therapist or to a family member and so forth who is close enough for to hear them out, but they don't bring it into the relationship. So they they really grow old as roommates, and also the you know sparks, the uh, romance and the uh, the chemistry between them dies down. Uh, so they just kind of uh, it's kind of an unfortunate, sad situation. But you get that at times, and they they really. Um, distance and walk away from each other, even though they live together. So spiritually, emotionally, um, in in any meaningful way, they are not connected. Uh, So it's more of a facade and uh, convenience of the situation that they're together uh, and perhaps uh, preventing uh, further pain and discomfort uh, if they decided to actually separate permanently from one another. And or as I mentioned, uh, you may even get to avoid them to just completely kind of completely drop the ball, and not even talk to each other anymore, not see any reason uh, for that, and have and both of them literally just moving out, whether it at the same time or different times, but actually being actually comfortable with that type of a almost silent breakup. Now, if you get a like I mentioned, any of these three insecure and a secure, hopefully there would be some. Uh, opportunity for the insecure to more or less learn how the secure person is interacting with uh, in this type of situations for and for uh, for the preoccupied to learn the self regulation to kind of get on this level of low anxiety as they are already capable of um, approachability and and seeking and desiring relationships for the for and for the avoidance to learn that there is benefit in actually approaching others and resolving issues and conflicts within relationships and learning the benefit of interacting with, with other human beings, especially the significant other. That's what they can glean from the secure style, which really hinges on one important change, and that is learning how to change their conversation and convert them from a debate and argument into what we call a dialogue. In fact, all three would benefit from that. That would be the fast track to to converting one's attachment style into a secure attachment style if they learn to uh, really engage in a a dialogue of what we call dialogue of intimacy, dialogue of understanding versus arguments and debates. Lastly, what I would bring up uh, is the combination of a preoccupied and avoidant. So what we have here, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier as to the presentation of each, but basically they trigger each other. What happens is that the entire moving away from wanting to engage in a relationship that is uh, characteristic of the um, the avoidance styles is triggering uh, anxieties and, and preoccupied and, and And moving the preoccupied if they have not learned self-regulation even toward higher anxiety because they're highly reliant on the other individual and the other individual the significant other in the relationship is is uh, pulling away and that pulling away uh, creates more anxiety for the preoccupied so the preoccupied becomes um, you know less safe and secure in their erroneous way of relying so heavily on their significant other, they believe that that pulling away is almost like, you know, adding insult to the injury, basically. Uh, Even a further proof of the lack of caring and and love and appreciation and uh, value, or valuation, if you will, of uh, of their, by their partner, of themselves. So, uh, and And what happens is the more anxious they become, the more clingy, the more um, uh, needy they become, which is basically putting a high demand and pressure on the avoidance uh, to re-engage in the relationship, which they hate, because they see that whole pull and demand and pressure to re-engage in the relationship as a source of the conflict and their, their, their own discomfort, uh, whether it is with high anxiety or low anxiety. They see that as they detrimental because they have learned to rely on themselves and now they're being pro- uh, faced with a different proposition that they should actually do the opposite of what they have learned, to rely less on themselves, on their internal resources, and more highly on the other people, other individual, or the relationship, which in the first place is the source of anxiety. What happens if you do get two individuals with these different types of avoidant and preoccupied or avoidant anxious type of combination, I would regard that as almost like the best combination because what happens is despite its um, triggering methodology between them, they are more or less a source of learning and you know, a a role model for one another what should be done Uh, if we look at the positive sides that they bring to the table. With the preoccupied um, role modeling that there is a benefit in relationship, that we don't have to um, uh, be afraid by uh, relationships themselves, by attachment themselves, that we can welcome relationships, we can see some kind of a comfort or some kind of a um, source of security and safety uh, in relationships. So they, they could role model that and uh, by, by simply focusing more on the positive sides of relationship and displaying more positive aspects of a, of a um, benefit of a relationship, uh, being in a relationship. And the avoidant, um, uh, you know, if they were capable of really articulating what's going on in their uh, self regulation. Uh, being the role model for self-regulation, being the role model of, you know, these are the things that you do by yourself in order to calm down. You don't have to rely heavily on other people. You have certain resources inside that you can engage in and, and you're a human being with intra-psychic, you know, uh, tools and resources that, that are quite functional and capable and useful. So if they actually were able to have a dialogue, as I mentioned earlier, that would be the key to transferring their attachment styles into more secure attachment styles, then they actually would be the best combination for one another, short of a combination of what I mentioned earlier is secure and insecure. Certainly secure and secure would be top of my list uh, to see that combination because most likely and hopefully the insecure attachment uh, can learn from the secure one and become more secure. And then the second um, best combination would be the anxious versus avoidant. The third one, uh, they're not really best, but they can happen, as I mentioned earlier, would be the avoidant-avoidant. The two people that are uh, avoidant styles, they may um, really just uh, end up uh, becoming roommates, like I mentioned, just kind of peaceful roommates rather than romantic partners. And they may end up separating or they may kind of live the rest of their lives together kind of miserably, which is not very good. Um, And then lastly would be the preoccupied preoccupied. That's, I would suggest, the worst type of combination. And the reason for that is because they're so highly dependent on each other's behaviors to self-soothe that when they escalate, they may actually uh, step into aggression and violence. Because they can't, they just can't calm themselves down, and they through a series of misconceptions, misinterpretations, accusations, projections of ill will, and um, lack of caring, and perceived uh, sense of insult and uh, uh, injury basically, it is caused more or less by the actions of the other partner. They may actually end up at each other's throats. Uh, You know, really, especially if they have had history of uh, abuse growing up, you know, uh, or watching or seeing violence, domestic violence especially, um, if that has been ingrained and role modeled in their psyche and that's what they see as the norm or the next logical step to take or just in the heat of that emotional uh, intense interaction, they may just simply snap in the moment. And so, those uh, preoccupied attachment styles are at the bottom of the list, really, in terms of their compatibility. Uh, even though they're the same category, they're highly toxic for one another. Uh, I hope that we have been able to shed some light on this complexity of all these attachment styles. And uh, I know it's very complex, and I'm not the best uh, explaining all these, but um, I hope that some of this information is helpful to you. Uh, in terms of being able to discern between these styles and how they impact and affect uh, each other and relationship and uh, the the seeming uh, presence and um, message that they send to people uh, that may be quite erroneous you know they may be quite different than what is really happening so hope you enjoyed that if you would like to hear more uh, about certain specific differences if you have specific examples we would love to uh, create another clip and responding to your questions uh, please uh, post your questions uh, let us know what you would like to know more about and we would love to create more videos also subscribe if you haven't done so to receive more videos in the future thank you very much have a wonderful day Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Therapy Cable podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast provider. To view the entire videos of these episodes, visit us online at therapycable.com and send us an email about your thoughts and topic suggestions.